Hi, I'm Brandon Briscoe, and welcome to another episode of The Postscript, Living Faith Bible Institute's weekly podcast and YouTube series devoted to interviewing pastors and professors from Living Faith Fellowship and LFBI. Every week we come together talking about just a wide array of topics. Sometimes it's theological, uh, sometimes it's ministry-related, leadership-related, uh, sometimes we're talking about history or whatever it might be. Uh, but this week, we're going to be talking about something I think that is very unique uh, to the show. We haven't really had a conversation like this, and it probably relates most closely to the, the idea of missions, and that's how do we reach Latinos in our communities? What does it look like for us to to see beyond um, our cultural sphere and get beyond that and reach the people in our community that are speaking Spanish. Uh, there are so many Spanish speakers in the United States. In fact, there's 63.5 million Spanish speakers in uh, the United States and Puerto Rico. That's, that's a huge number of people. And so much opportunity exists there for us to reach the nations, to live the Great Commission uh, towards these people. If we're willing to go and we're willing to learn their, their culture, and we're, we're willing to bridge that gap. It's a big deal and we should all be taking it seriously, whether we live in an urban setting or a rural setting or whatever it might be. So uh, I have the privilege today of interviewing my friend uh, that's a pastor here at Midtown Baptist Temple, Pastor Will Mata. He is the pastor of the Spanish speaking ministry here at the church, Clase Hispania. And he also is working at translating content for LFBI into Spanish so that Spanish speakers both here in the US but also abroad can get uh, cheap and easy access to discipleship material so that they can grow in their faith and that they can multiply the work uh, of the gospel in their communities. This is a big deal for the Bible Institute. And so um, it's a privilege for me to have him with us today. And with that, I want to introduce my friend, Pastor Will Model. How Dude. are you, man? It's so good to have you on the show. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, very intimidating just being here, <laughs> man, after so many episodes and um, having a good time with you guys. So yeah, thank you do, for the invitation. Do, so you listen to the show? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, 100%, yeah. Um, I, I've, I've wanted you to be on. I've wanted to do this episode with you for months and months and months. So I'm glad to finally get you. There you go. Here. So we're, we're You're here a busy together. man. No, no, it's okay. Yeah, we're, uh, yeah, we're busy. But yeah. uh, I, I think the... Our, our church need to hear this a little bit. You yeah. Know? So yeah. it's going to be a good time. Yeah. Now you do your own show. You've got a show that you do that's kind of like kind of like this on the local um, Spanish television yeah, station. Yeah, it's, it's the result of uh, uh, this show. Basically, I thought, man, I think we need some sort of, uh, you know, way to communicate what's, what's happening, not only in MBT, but in Kansas City and mm -hmm. what our church is doing with the Hispanic community. So I'm like... Um, I was praying, man, and we had a chance to, uh, or a door open basically in Televida, which is the the channel, mm -hmm. this Kansas City Spanish uh, yeah, show, whatever. Yeah. And they just open the door and they do everything for us. And we just have to show up, record, and and let it go. And, and it's kind of like a Bible Q&A conversation correct. thing. Yeah, it's yeah. very friendly. The The audience that, you're, that we're targeting is not a believer, you know. Yeah. And, but as a result of that, we have some visitors and salvations. So praise God, man. Very yeah. cool. Correct. So th this is, uh, we're going to have a lot to talk about in our episode today. I want to make sure we have time to cover all mm -hmm. of it. But as we usually do on the postscript, whenever we have a new guest, we want to hear their salvation story. We want to hear about yeah. how they came to know Christ. And and I've, I've heard your story several times, <clears throat> and I think it'll be a blessing for the audience to hear kind of how you came to where you're at now. So can you share a little bit about your background and yeah, man. Uh, definitely uh, grew up in, uh, in in a Christian home. Technically, you know, mm -hmm. obviously it was a little bit probably dysfunctional. You know, at the time, I think times change now. But uh, and you were in Costa Rica. Yeah, Costa Rica in um, 1997. So 44 years old. But the, the the you know the gospel came early to our our house with obviously different. Um, uh, ways for us to understand fully what really that means. So it, it, it was more like a religion type type thing. You know, you're following the religion of your parents, which I, I believe mm -hmm. that happens a lot here, you know. But, um, you know, God captured my heart around seven years old, but then it was a, so it was a season because I was sexual abused when I was uh, like in kinder, you know. Mm -hmm. So I was struggling 
my whole childhood just figure out like who I was, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because that event happened. And so I was doubting the why, you know, why things happened to me and, and seeing things different, you know, in the lens of like, is that normal or no? But the, mm. I, I can say that that caused some rebellion in me. So then um, I think at the age of 11 and 12, I started going off and just trying things very early. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, alcohol, drugs, and loss of my identity and just finding my identity in, in the world and right. the lost world and just got rebellion. And at the age of the 22, uh, I was confronted again with the gospel, you know, and uh, that's when I choose to basically, you know, follow the Lord. I mean, it's a long story, but yeah. uh, b being sexual abuse was a... Um, a point in my life because it now it helped me to understand reconciliation mm. that is necessary have have grace you know people lost do lost things but then just have passion for for people you know yeah. just which by the way uh in latin america you know uh sexual abuse is like almost 99 percent. like you know every house has one of those cases and wow. you know a lot of families so it's just one of those things, you know. So it's it's a fairly common thing from where you come from, but mm -hmm. it doesn't make it any less horrendous. It really impacts you, left a scar. No, man, it, it makes you honestly understand the urgency of the gospel. Yeah. Because it is, it's a thing in our culture that we all struggle with some of that in, in our families, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, man, that, that, that testimony and being able to talk about that is, is a big deal. One of the things that, that comes up from time to time on the show, especially when we're talking about leadership, mm. is how suffering is such a critical aspect of, of growing in your faith that so many leaders have some sort of strong mm -hmm. um, moment or experience of suffering that was transformative that they had to find Christ in the midst of. Mm -hmm. And um, man, that sounds like that God came and met you. Yep. And it's the suffering of Jesus Christ, man. If yeah. that doesn't capture your heart, you know, I understood very quick that my suffering was just a step to uh, a redemption, you yeah. know, start my, my life. And and, mm -hmm. and it was uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 13 was the verse that really kicks in my heart very quick. I'm like, mm -hmm. you know, I think I can do this. I mean, yeah. the, the things that, that happened to me, God had my back, you know. Yeah. It was... Um, so how did you end up in the States? Man, it, well, I was uh, sent to Illinois through my, it was a, a mix of three churches, was sent to Illinois to start a, a Hispanic ministry. And, um, you know, that's how everything started. I was a single man. I proposed seven times, married. I got rejected each one <laughs> until I found my beautiful Nailene. And, yeah. uh, you know, it was hard. I just thought that I was going to be single. So I sold everything, moved to uh, Illinois and, uh uh, I found my half, half, and yeah, and and yeah, that's you know how, that's how everything started right. in Illinois. Yeah, it was a, so. So you were in Illinois, reaching out to Latinos in the community correct. that you were in. Mm -hmm. What was that? What was that like? How long were you there? Well, it was uh, six months, okay, and uh, it's supposed to be longer, but you know, there's a lot of things and in uh, the God use, and then it was just six months at that time. My visa was not up to uh, renew, so I returned to Costa Rica. But, but it was different, man. Uh, like I can, like I understood very quick that Hispanic people or Latin America culture is really a thousand cultures into one. And, and maybe the same thing happened in the United States with different states, but man, I quickly understood that, uh, you know, okay, I need to have a heart mm -hmm. <laughs> for the for these nations. Because right. even we speak Spanish, you know, we all speak Spanish, but there's a lot of, just there's a lot of yeah. context. There's two. Your experience was with Costa Ricans, like yes. that was your culture. And there then you go. To, to meet Guatemalans and Hondurans. Oh, Hondurans, and, Mexicans. Yeah. And, and each one has a different way of living and different perspective. And so yeah. now you've got to bridge all those gaps. It's, oh, like, yeah. it's like asking a white person to understand every white person. Right. It's not really that easy yeah. because you've got people from different cultures all over the world that may have the same skin tone and, and yeah. maybe even speak the same language. But but it's getting exposed, man. It's like, oh, okay, so I, I do not have heart for Latinos. So being in Illinois mm. was that kind of stuff. I'm like, oh, I thought I have a heart, but I'm like, this is different. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's a show, man. It's just like every culture is very strong, has an opinion. Has, and so then you yeah. have to like 
put all that together to really have a heart. So. Right. Yeah. But but it was a good training. It was a lot of suffering too. Yeah. So you know, over time, you and Aileen made your way back to Kansas City. Um, mm-hmm. You live here. You've been at Midtown Baptist Temple for how long now? Have you been? It's been uh, seven years, eight years, eight eight seven years. Yeah. And you are the pastor over um, our Spanish-speaking class here uh, yeah. at the church. And so that's been a huge, huge blessing to us. And, um, you know, you mentioned g- gaining a heart for Latinos uh, and that you had to learn how to have that heart. Can you, ex- can you express what that heart looks like now? Like, how has God changed that? And, and how have you come to realize that you actually desire and that you've been called to do this work? Yeah, no, it's that desire that uh, people come to United States seeking uh, some type of peace, you know, uh, some type of, uh, I don't know, even entertainment. This, this American dream, you know, that mm-hmm. I call and and I'm like, oh, man, it's, it's, it's totally wrong because when you come with that expectation, you very quick know that the American dream is just that you work so much that you want to go sleep early and that there's no time to do ministry. It's right, just, yeah. so knowing that, you know, and reasons why people move to America is like, oh, wow, man, yeah, we need to educate these people because mm-hmm. it's almost like those goals and those, uh, um, the, the vision that these people have when they come, it just, they just go to the trash very quick because it's like, yeah. it's not what they think, you know, it's not what America sell. Mm. It's this fake of happiness, you know? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Uh, that, and I always go to uh, Hebrews twelve fourteen. That is one of the verses that God used, you know, in terms of, uh, of me reaching Latinos, you know, that says, follow peace with all men and holiness, uh, without which no man should see the Lord. And it's like, if we're not following, you know, uh, that peace that we need with all men mm-hmm. means integrate the gospel, you know, through the world, then that happiness, that holiness, it's just going to be, you know, way. It's just that right. no way for us to reach people. So Right. Yeah. And so, you know, it sounds to me that, that part of your heart and part of your vision is to find the people who are have already recognized that the American dream is actually just kind of a mirage or an illusion, Correct. and they're 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 maybe sad or disheartened or bu- just busying themselves in life trying to distract themselves. You're finding those people and and yeah. preaching the gospel. Yeah, no, and and again, it is based in that verse. If I'm following that piece, I know people will see that. The problem is. People is moving here, even with the gospel. There's a bunch of believers that are moving, and God is bringing internationals. And I and I don't want to uh, talk just about Latinos, but sure. just in general. And if I'm no engaged with the mission, mm-hmm. then means nothing for them. You know, they have to see a reality of Christ in us. So, right, man. But, yeah. Well, we're gonna talk in in today's episode. I want to dig in deep there because I think what what our audience needs to hear. Um, as you know, a lot of the churches in the fellowship and a lot of the students in LFBI have a heart for the nations. Hmm. And yet so many of us struggle to even reach uh, the internationals that are in our community. You know, there's, there's people right in front of us and we're failing to, to find them and meet them and, and introduce them to the gospel. And yet we have these ambitions to reach the world. And so I think it's really important. And I wanna, I wanna pick your brain about how to reach Latinos. Mm-hmm. But before we do, you're also man, helping LFBI big time with this new project of, of translating, um, translating our content into Spanish, whether it be your lecturing or, or actually just translating verbatim over the top of, of lectures. But it's been a tough work, but it's been good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, we, yeah, tell us where we're at. No, we, we were able to do Foundations 2 and 3. Mm-hmm. And we're working in Genesis and there's some other... Uh, classes that we're thinking, but man, it's, it's hard work because uh, until you, you find those faithful men who can translate and teach, you know, which that happened in Foundations 3 that we were able to integrate a couple more men and, mm-hmm. and uh, but it's just a lot of work, but it's necessary. I mean, if we want to stand up on the throne of God, you know, hearing everyone and, you know, from every language, you know, like yeah. Revelation 7, yeah. you know, like then we, we must do this. It's just right. uh, translating, man, is necessary. It, it, it's very hard to be in a country that is not your country, technically, you know, when, when people is, is moving here. And 
have the desire to know what's going on in that particular church and and, and this setup of, of people and not being able to get full proof, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's that's my heart. That's where my heart is heavy right now because I'm like, man, you see it, MBT, and we got all this structure and everyone have access. Yeah. And man, we're, we're with D1 or the discipleship one in Spanish that we finally did. Mm-hmm. And we're getting a hold of that, but it's like, well, after that, what's, what's next, you know? So it, that motivation is what's in my heart. I'm like, man, we, we need to put more out there. So, yeah. Uh, but we need faithful men. That's, that's the hard part. Yeah, that, and it's, it is a big deal. And, and the LFBI team realizes it as well, that, that it's, it's not right, <laughs> you know, it's not right that every language should have mm. uh, this content. Yeah. And so, you know, there's, there's a heartbeat to get all 60 credit hours of LFBI into Spanish mm. um, so that the, the Spanish-speaking brothers and sisters can get everything that they need to get. It's a huge deal. We're already thinking about, you know, Vietnamese and, and oh, other yeah. languages, but it takes a lot of manpower and resources. And uh, even right now we're thinking, okay, how do we get physical materials translated, right? Like handouts, just, you know, in the Genesis class that you're in now, there's mm. like 300, 350 pages of... Mm of notes that Sam produced for Genesis mm-hmm. and we're going to have to, you know, we're going to have to probably spend money to, mm. to get that translated and there's just resource necessary. It's going to be a big work. It's going to take time, but you're the man for the job, dude. Well, we're, we're doing it, man. I mean, it, we do what we can. And, um, and, and I know how we make disciples mm-hmm. of our own, uh, you know, God is going to provide more tools. But right now we got a group of five men that are working. I mean, I, I cannot take credit at all, but there's yeah, you've there's, got a good there's, team. there's people, man. And I think uh, eventually uh, we, we, we will have a more uh, mature content, more, you know, professional yeah. content. But, but we're getting there. And when I mean professional, I don't mean like, you know, you know, nothing like super, but like it needs to be well done. Right, you know? yeah. Yeah, getting it up to, to the standard of the school yeah. is, it takes a But it's work. a need, man. It's a, it, I mean, I can tell people want more, and that's my heart. I'm like, man, we're we're getting all these, and, you know, so that's what the urgency of doing yeah. more translation. So, yeah. yeah. Well, man, we're thankful for you. So let's talk, let's talk a little bit about reaching Latinos, mm-hmm. okay? Let's talk about, you know, from salvation to discipleship. Mm-hmm. You know, how do we go about reaching the Latinos in our community. And I think, I do think people, uh, a lot of people, uh, a lot of Americans who love the Lord, who love the book, uh, who love, uh, you know, salvation and, and they want to evangelize are at a loss about how to reach, uh, Hispanics. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's, there's communities, rural communities mm-hmm. full of migrant workers that are coming in and out working in the factories and mm-hmm. small towns. Obviously the big cities are full of Latinos that are doing work in the city uh, of all different professions, right? Like, I mean, it's not just migrant workers, not just immigrants. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, of people that are here second and third generation that are college degrees. And yep. so it's a very wide array of people um, you know, I think the, the first question I want to ask is how does a church or a person who has a heart for the, you know, Spanish speakers, h- how do they begin? How do they mm. begin? How do they, f- how do they find the people in their community? How do they connect with them? Yeah. Uh, it's very all about heart, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I think the, the question that you're asking is very fair. That's what probably everyone will ask, you know, hey, how mm-hmm. we can reach Latinos, but I will start maybe in the other uh, side. Yeah, please. And I said, unless you have heart for people, and it is unless you have less of you and more of Jesus Christ yeah. to view people for what they are, people, you mm-hmm. know, there's a need, then I think you can start uh, dividing cultures, you know? Because yes, I think Latinos, uh, African-Americans, uh, Europeans, it, it, even from Americans to Europeans, I mean, there's a huge gap, right? Yeah. Just in the way how they behave, you know, et cetera. But I think the heart for people is what really matters, you know, uh, because you cannot have a heart for Latinos if you don't have a heart for people, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that's that's one of the things, you know, I, I remember when I got hired at my job, somebody asked me, man, 
you're a good sales guy. And, you know, so I do sales for a living. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. Um, and I refuse to take that. I'm like, no, I'm I'm not a good salesman. And they're like, oh, no, no. You, I'm like, no, I, I just love to talk to people. And mm -hmm. they're like, where'd that come from? I'm like, well, it's simple. You know, if you know how to talk to people, if you like people, then you can share the gospel, you can close a deal, yeah. you can make money, yeah. you can disciple people. But the problem yeah. is, to your question, and for many that are listening to this, if you don't have a heart for the nations, you know, mm -hmm. a heart for the people, forget about having a key man and a key city and a key, you know, it doesn't matter. Right. You will never have victory reaching the nations mm -hmm. unless you have a heart for people. Yeah. And I think that's where the church in 2022 is, is following. Man, I came here in 2005. I got married in all six, 15 years married by mm -hmm. the grace of God. Mm -hmm. And I had, and you know this probably, over 20 church jobs that, that probably I got offered by different churches in the United States. Everyone needs or want a Hispanic ministry. Right. But what I see is a church that look the same. Everyone has the same appearance, you know, yeah. same color of skin. They're not open to integrate any culture. Right. And you either blacks, Hispanics, uh, whites, or, yeah. you know, Asians. And is there's, there's segregation all yeah. over yeah. because there's no heart for people. Yeah. And that's a problem. You know, I mean, when you, when you read the, the book of Acts, you know, and, and, and you see, man, there, there's pe people from multiple language, man. Yeah. You were teaching about Acts, you know, no, mm -hmm. I mean, just yeah. last year. And, and you see that there's a diverse audience always. So right. then you, you're like, ah, okay. Yeah. So I, I need to have a heart. Yeah. You know, what you're saying is, is, is a huge deal. It's a big deal because I do believe that it, it can be missions or a mission mind or a missions heart can be just rhetoric. Like it can just be words that people say because they know that they're supposed to. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are looking for maybe even a quick fix, uh, you know, in, in, in their gap in ministry. So, you know, looking, if we just found the right Spanish speaking mm. believer to, to lead the ministry, that would be, you know, that would, that would help us in this area. But then the people of the congregation don't have a vision or a heart themselves right. to do the outreach. It, you know, it, it just, it, it can't work that way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So let me tell you this. So, you know, I came for the first time, all five. And I remember, man, even just the weather, you know, I came on a transition from uh, fall to winter. And man, I'm getting shocked by the weather. Like, oh my goodness, this is snow. Like you can yeah. literally eat snow and stuff like you that. Had you never, know, like, you, had you never really seen much nah. snow before? Or? Well, when I live in Amsterdam, so I used to live in Amsterdam like a couple of years ago. Yeah, there you was know, some years. snow. But so, but you know, but it was different. Just, uh, it just living in the country now for a long time and just, the the song gets laid here. Like, you know, you're at 9 p.m. and you're like, you know, all these tran transitions yeah. and, and, and weather make hard for any international just be integrated mm -hmm. with the church. What that means, like, if you don't have a heart to be sensitive, you're going to be hurting people. You know, you're going to just knock people. Well, why you're not here? Why you're not doing this? Well, yeah, well yeah. hold on. I mean, this is... This, I mean, it's, it's, not a, it's not a wicked, you know? It's just a weakness that the cultures bring to the United States and God is bringing the nations here. But if we don't have a heart... Yeah, we won't be flexible. Correct. Yeah, and I like this point because um, it, it is a big deal because one of the things that we run into with a lot of the Spanish speakers here in Kansas City that are, that are wanting to be involved in your ministry, they desire to grow, mm. is that they the patterns of their life don't necessarily match up with the structure of our Sunday morning, Tuesday night, discipleship, Bible study routine. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things I've watched you do is that you have to kind of adapt your schedule mm -hmm. outside of the common structure that we're used to as a ministry in order to meet with the people who actually do want to grow. And mm -hmm. I mean, some of these people have three or four jobs that they're working and, yep. and Sunday morning might be difficult or um, just there's just different aspects and you've got to find ways to meet them mm -hmm. so that they can grow into 
um, the yeah. structure of our ministry. Yeah, man. I if you if, and and you know me, I'm not a I'm not the guy that is going to be late. I mean, you know, when right. I wanna when I wanna set up something, it is what it is. I'm I have probably the less Latino culture of me that you can ever find because I'm I'm really more a stick with a, you know schedules yeah. and things like that, but. It is very difficult because you have to adjust to that, even on Sundays, man. And, and you know this, but like, I feel like every Sunday that I that we open church, I have like four or five different uh, audience. You know, it, because the people that work today, you know, is probably not working next Sunday, but then they have to work, and so you always have to be flexible and, yeah. and full of grace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, that's when the heart have to take place. Having the desire to integrate any culture in your church is fine. The heart is the problem. Find the right heart. Yeah. That's good. So when when you have the right heart, you know, we know that that it affects your prayer life. Mm. And so talk about prayer. I mean, mm. you know, how should a person who's discovering, okay, I see this need. I have a heart for these people in my community. I don't know how to reach them yet. How do I begin just by asking the Lord to open those doors? What does that look like maybe? Yeah, no, man, it's, you know, um, the with the prayer part, I said, man, we need to start praying for God to do the work that he needs to do in our hearts, you know, but also to have the right key person, because I think, and that probably takes us to your next point, but it's like, you know, us only praying, you know, uh, without the action that we need to mm-hmm. do, the, uh, you know, addressing the, the why we're, we're, yeah. we're praying, it just stay in words, you know? Yeah. And a lot of times people pray, but but I remember uh, coming into churches and like, yeah, I've been praying for for someone, the ministry, the, the you know, in our church, and I still get those calls, but I'm like, but then then you you do have the heart, you know, to to get there. Do you want to, are you willing to take the actions, you know, mm-hmm. following with the prayers, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, I don't, I don't know if yeah. I have answered Yeah, no, that you. makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that you mentioned is maybe this idea that we should be praying for even just one soul, right? Mm-hmm. One person that's the key person in that moment. I think a lot of times we go fishing with the hope that, and I, I even see, saw you go through this early on in the ministry, is that is that if you just went to the people, that maybe 30 or 40 or 50 people would show up and they would just want it. But really it's, it's looked more like investing in one man or mm-hmm. one family, one at a time, mm-hmm. a little at a time, Right, yeah. and so this idea of having key people and just maybe an individual or a small group mm-hmm. of people to focus on is a really good ambition yeah. and a good thing to be praying about. Lord, would you give me one correct Spanish-speaking soul? Yeah, I remember. Uh, as a matter of fact, the the first family, like functional family, um, they own a restaurant. You know, and you're familiar with uh, Los Tules, you mm-hmm. know, the restaurant, mm-hmm. but. Um, I always came across of, of individuals, you know, in the street or talking, you know, doing evangelism, whatever. But I'm like, man, I think I'm I'm just throwing, I uh, know, little popcorns all over the place, mm-hmm. but I'm not getting anything. And I start praying for this family. They own a restaurant. And it wasn't a matter of three years, just having relationships until, you know, the gospel came to their hearts and they're like, oh, I don't even know that you were a pastor. I'm like, yes, because I don't want to be a pastor. I just want to be the person that they love you. And yeah. then, man, after three years praying, you know, they got saved. And the, as a result of this Bible study uh, relationship, there's been so many people who got saved uh, and make decisions and we're still yeah. meeting in that yeah. place. And, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you, what you're saying is these this family who they're incredibly sweet. So shout out to the Tules family. Yeah. But... Um, they actually, once they got saved, they own this restaurant. They have all these Spanish-speaking employees. Mm-hmm. They open up their restaurant to have... Actually, they close their restaurant down. Close the restaurant. On, is that on Mondays? Yeah, is that Mondays. right? They close their restaurant down in order to do Bible study, and they mm-hmm. invite all their employees and their friends to come mm-hmm. and participate. And in that way, they functioned as a key, as key people because they were an access point to a broader community of Spanish-speaking people. And this is... This- all this is start again with the heart because it was very easy for me to get frustrated. I'm like, man, where's where are Los Tules? You know, mm-hmm. where where are all these people? Because yeah. I'm meeting with them, you know, constantly, but then I don't get in the result in church because I want people 
uh, get into the church. Yeah. But again, if the heart is not in the right place, then what happened is very quick, you get frustrated. Like yeah. why they're not here, why they're not showing. And then now, again, as a result of this, God has been full of grace and we right. have multiple people, but you know. Yeah, it's it, one of the things that you gotta keep in mind, um, I think for a lot of, of folks is that these are people who came to America to work. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right? Like, and they may have f- f- generationally idolized the idea of working in the States. Mm. They're sending money back home to family members. Correct. They're storing money away to ensure that their kids can go to college. That and they this can, is in general. Yeah. Like anyone. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so th- th- you're not just leading them to Christ, but it takes time to undo the idolatry that that comes with that, right? They may mm. be set free in, in Christ Jesus, but but in terms of making a disciple, that's not always an easy thing and it's gonna take a lot of time. And, yeah. and that's when LFBI come, man, because again, um, you can do so much, you know, but you reach the point that like, okay, we need to do more investment. Mm-hmm. It have to be more meat now. I mean, you, you go to that diaper stage of life but then you have to introduce some something more, and again, everything required a heart, you know. So, but praise God, man, it, it's just a it's just a privilege. You yeah, know? yeah. So one of the things, you know, just in terms of strategy wise, you mentioned this earlier, but uh, immigrant communities uh, tend to segregate themselves because mm. when they're not working, they want to be with people who understand them, mm-hmm. right? Like so you know, in Kansas city in an urban setting, there are particular neighborhoods mm-hmm. where it's like almost all Spanish speakers. Correct. Um, <clears throat> and probably a similar thing exists in rural communities too. Maybe you saw that when you were in Illinois, that the, mm-hmm. the, that the Spanish speaking people were in certain apartment complexes or Correct. how do you find Spanish speakers, right? Like, like say I want to, I want to go meet um, you know, I'm the average white guy at my church or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I want to go meet and find Spanish speakers and in order to show them love, what are some of the places that I might go where, where Spanish speakers would fre- frequent in order to come in contact with them and build relationships? Yeah. Well, usually stores, I mean, I think, you know, there's a bunch of stores, rest. I mean, I always say it's restaurants, you know, there's the easy way when you go to eat, there's always someone in, in the bag you know, mm-hmm. doing something or serving foods, but man, it's really everywhere. You know, I mean, right now, in, and not only Latinos. Again, this is a this is a, a gospel crisis that we have yeah. right now to just share all over. But um, you know, you can find any you know a, a people anywhere. But the thing is, you also have to have that key person because unless you really um, can be able to communicate, I think you're going to lose those chances, you know? Mm -hmm. That's why it's very critical to disciple people who can go to these areas. Because again, uh, not disrespect, but like you trying to go to a Mexican restaurant, for example. It'll you know, be It's very typical. We yeah. love Mexican food, right? It's, it's, it's phenomenal. My, it's my favorite. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you go without the language, without the, the lingo, you know, you're like, oh, okay. Uh, you're going to lose that gap. Yep. So that's, and that's what MBT did. You know, when I came, it was a key man and a key city and a key church. And we start from zero, reaching out to Latinos. Mm-hmm. But you definitely need the uh, phonetic, you know, yeah. just to go and reach out. Yeah. So you're saying is if you're if you're not fluent that is a hurdle mm-hmm. to people who don't speak good english but mm-hmm. if if you're not fluent reaching reaching someone who is bilingual in mm-hmm. the spanish community would be a would be a key objective so someone who could bridge that gap for you Correct. that you could invest in and then they become the key person mm-hmm. to reach it is what this church did to me uh, i remember just coming here uh and you probably can testify this but my English was not even close to what I do right now. Yeah, I was not. I I, I go into meetings with you guys, and I'm like, I'm going to battle, man, because I don't even know what you're talking about. Right, it took time. And then those jokes, and I'm not laughing because then, ten minutes after, I'm like, oh, you know, I'm laughing like, you know, yeah, yeah. So it it, it takes time, <laughs> but it took your investment in my life. It took. Pastor Bez, Pastor Katie, Pastor Chris, Andrew, like there's a mix of, of people investing and no counting, obviously, the families around the church. Because mm-hmm. I remember coming to the church, it was like, 
hundreds of people, I have been praying for you before you even came here. And I was like, oh my goodness. Yeah. That sounds so beautiful. So and now we get these families coming. So I think that's where um, the opportunity come for the church, having the right heart to like, ah, okay, I identified that person in my church. And I think that's the hard part. When God give us uh, families, you notice this very quick. You got your group, you know, because our church have classes or, mm -hmm. or, or groups of people. But I think what we're lacking is how do I separate one Sunday every three months to hang out with someone that is not from this country and I'm going to, you know, probably be exposed to weird phonetics, sure. weird uh, yeah. language, you know. So how can I do that? for mm -hmm. my church, mm -hmm. for the sake of the kingdom, you know? Yeah. And and I think that's where the church need to get better. It's just, how can I be intentional getting with someone that is that right. is not fluent? Yeah, it makes me think a little bit, um, you know, in, in Corinth, hmm. they had a cultural problem because the church was so diverse in its background hmm. that there were issues in the church that were cultural that could create division if those if those gaps weren't bridged. And I think that's true in our church too. Like I think people need to be willing to open up their home to people that are different from them just for the sake of doing it, just for the sake of, of expressing love and mm -hmm. friendship and, and that there's a kindred thing we share in the gospel, even if we don't share the same language or mm -hmm. culture or, you know, taste in food. Mm -hmm. um, let's take time together to yep. just, function as a family and show our, show our love for each other, that does so much uh, in terms of unifying the body and helping people to be propelled forward when maybe they're young in the Lord or weak. And One of the easy ways, uh, Pastor Briscoe, uh, you know, our, our Jews have friends in, of international, you know, and yeah. we got these welcome parties. Yeah, the, the international ministry here. At Man, that's yeah. an easy training for everybody. Mm -hmm. But again, I, I also believe that our class, his, our Hispanic class is also international. There's yeah, so course. many countries. And and I think picking just a, a family is just like a, a small training. You know, I mm -hmm. want to invite someone from the Hispanic class. And if you're listening, I mean, I think you have to take this serious because you have a pastor in your church that also spend time with white people a lot, and I love it. Mm -hmm. But with black, I mean, I my friends are all over, and and if I can do that, yeah, man, I think anyone can yeah. can do it for the sake of, of Jesus right. Christ, for you know, sure. yeah, for sure. So you know, Latino um, reaching Latinos has its own specific, uh, you know, hurdles, difficulties, and one of them is the immigration thing. So mm -hmm. like, you might invest in someone for a year or two yeah. and then they get deported or, and so there's the, there's the legal aspect of that. What share with us? Cause I think this is a common question that pastors and leaders have about the Spanish speakers in their congregation mm -hmm. is, is what should the philosophy and approach be to, to someone who's in the, the U S illegally, but you might be reaching them and they might be, they might be hearing the gospel and they might be hungry for it. What kind of approach do you take with that? So I take the approach of opportunity, you know, uh, is the international ministry, the Hispanic ministries, the, you know, call it however you want, is a ministry based on opportunities. You know, mm -hmm. it, it's just the greatest opportunity that God is bringing to your lap to just exercise the ministry of reconciliation. Mm -hmm. That's simple. It is heartbreaker because I remember since I have been here, I probably saw, I oh, was talking to our leaders in our class, probably over 200 people, bro, coming. And then you hear the one is gone, and then the other one is gone. Somebody got deported because of whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And it breaks your heart mm -hmm. big time. It's just, uh, uh, again, you just have to get focused, you know, and like, okay, I might don't get what I want, Maybe it's not the member number a hundred. Oh, I got a hundred. Woohoo! No, but maybe it's just to use the opportunity. Yeah. To man, I still meet with a guy uh, that was deported last year, and he is in Honduras right now. He's still texting me. He called me about the Bible. You know, he has questions. He follow us through uh, media and. And praise God for that. It broke my heart, you know, that he was taken and, you know, there was some context there. And, and 
But again, it, you know, you have to see it as an opportunity. Because mm-hmm. yes, God will put in your lap people, you know, with uh, maybe they came illegally, maybe they came with the right way, whatever the case is, and they go. Yeah. And it breaks your heart. But again, it's still an opportunity. Mm-hmm. It's still an opportunity to see that. Uh, uh, Revelation 7, you know, you want to hear everyone yeah. in front of the Lord singing, praising God in different tongues, you know, and, right. and that's that's the approach is how can I squeeze one more? Mm-hmm. Kind of like, you know, but I mean, I don't know if that answered. Uh, yeah, no, it, it does. And I think too, you know, bridging the, 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 the dialogue over that, it's not something you ever bring up with mm-hmm. with folks that you even suspect are illegal. It's not something that you converse about. You just let the the word of the Lord work on the hearts of people, and they'll get the conviction that they need whether or not to stay in the U.S. or yeah. to go home. And, Your and, job is to disciple them and let yeah. God do the rest. And some people take the just the decision that hey, I, I think I need to go back and tell every you know and. Just going back to uh, the, the 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 family uh, from Mexico, uh, the Los Tules, you know, mm-hmm. they took a trip to Mexico just to share the gospel to everybody. Like this is how on fire this this family is, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm so humble because I'm like I want to take a vacation just to be in front of the beach, man, or something <laughs> like that. Like, but they literally took a trip just to go and share the gospel with everybody, and then. They and then so this is the 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 syndrome here. He also flew everyone, and I remember that night, man. It was like twenty plus people in their living room. We're having our normal Bible study, and every single soul was crying, desperate to receive the Lord, uh, their Savior. I mean, unfortunately, they cannot stay because they have to go back. Mm-hmm. But it was very emotional, man. But but again, it took. Just time, you know, yeah. and and it and it's a heartbreaker because then you don't see them again. Mm-hmm. Then I getting calls from Mexico, just like, hey, what do I do here? I'm getting married. Can you? And then it's just it's just heartbreaker. But then now you know that they met the Lord. Yeah. So again, it's it's an opportunity, man. That, yeah. that we all have to take, you know, and um, and quite frankly, I think we are immigrants, you know, everybody. Yeah, yeah. So it's just uh, God give us an, an an opportunity just to be here today, and and mm-hmm. opportunities are all over the place. Yeah. You know? And you know, one of the things that that you mentioned is that the people are reaching back to you saying, "Can you help me with such and such question I have, or how do I get plugged into a church that's that's mm-hmm. right for me?" And and these time types of questions that the the, the assets that Living Faith Fellowship and LFBI have are actually critical. Those are, you know, we talk about key tools. These are key tools that we want to get in the hands of people in other countries. Mm-hmm. We want to send them back with the tools necessary to, to continue their growth. And this is why LFBI is such a big, big deal. But also like you translated 52 weeks, you know, the Mark Trotter devotional material. Yeah. And that commentary, and it's it's a it's an asset that we've got to get. We've got to get. You know, we're in the stages of getting that that out. Mm. And there's tools like that that are critical. Keys of Bible study. Um, mm. You know, our our premarital material. Uh, we've got the discipleship material that we've now finished. Like mm. all those tools become very very important in order to support the people that we are beginning yeah. to reach. Yeah. And man, you know, in in that point, you know, I will say this: if if you're listening at home and and Maybe you have something extra that you can invest, you know, in terms of money or, or you know, offering mm-hmm. whatever. But the the need is out there, man. There's so mu- so much benefits by by just you know maybe it's that uh, that someone is not participating in LFBI, but there's a way to just volunteer, helping you know with 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 something. So then these can be profitable eventually for somebody, you mm-hmm. know, there's so, I mean, th- just think about it. You know, I was having a debate the other day with the, with the whole thing with the King James and, you know, mm-hmm. the Spanish Bible. And we were talking yeah. about that stuff. Yeah. And, and it's like, uh, people have no clue in America what they have, you know, like if you see the commentaries, the, the books, I mean, they're so profitable, man. And when you go to Spanish, man, I think we're, we're lacking a lot of that stuff. You know, quite frankly, my country, Costa Rica, you know, where I born, uh, was rich, gospelized by American people. Mm-hmm. And by the grace of God, people who spend time, spend money translating yeah. and doing a hard work for a culture that 
doesn't even have access to, you know, so going back to the LFBI thing, there's an opportunity, man. If someone is listening and they're like, man, you know, I can volunteer maybe with some finances, you know, yeah. like maybe this is something that I can invest. Sure. Not only for Spanish, man, because as you mentioned earlier, you know, we're talking now about Vietnamese, you know, mm -hmm. Pastor Juan is about to take off and then, uh, but there's a lot of tools that we can keep translating just for the sake of the kingdom, you know? Yeah. We're gonna pause right here for just a second so we can hear from one of our students from the Living Faith Bible Institute. My name is Andrew Ong. I'm a pastor uh, here at Midtown Baptist Temple, and I'm also a graduate of Living Faith Bible Institute. So I would um, first preface to say that nothing substitute, you know, uh, disciple making local church. What LFBI would add to that is is that knowledge piece that is so vital, uh, you know, in this world because there is so many false doctrine all over the place, and so to be equipped in LFBI has helped me to filter through a lot of the noise in Christianity and a lot of different false doctrine, if you will, and know what is the Bible saying about this matter. In terms of ministry, it has definitely uh, prepared me uh, to be a better minister, to be a better uh, preacher, uh, to be uh, more well-versed uh, with my Bible, and so, um, I would highly recommend uh, if you are someone who is looking for a very high quality uh, school uh, to learn the Bible, uh, I, I cannot recommend enough Living Faith Bible Institute. If that interests you at all, please visit lfbi.org and consider enrolling in classes. To make the Bible Institute inexpensive or cost effective because, you know, the other thing is People, you know, America is the, um, you know, per home, the richest country in the mm. world. I think the average home yep. in America brings in $176,000 a year, I think, mm. is the actual statistic, is the actual number. And when you start looking at Mexico, I think it's 15,000, a home brings in 15,000 a year is the average in, in Mexico is what I've, what I've read. And, and so in Latin America, yeah. it's the, financially, it's just drastic, it's a drastically different world and people can't afford seminary. Correct. Right? They can't afford an American seminary or American education. It, but if there's a way for people to donate, oh, to man. support LFBI, so now we have the liberty to offer uh, you know, scholarships mm. to students in all over Latin America, which they're coming in. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. we've only just begun this work and we've man, already we got, got- 60 millions of- just Latinos yeah. in this country. Yeah, in this country. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. insane. It is insane. And and we've got to, on our end, we know what we're responsible for and we've got to do our part in making sure that they get the content that mm -hmm. that uh, will help grow them because we need them to go plant churches all over Latin America because mm -hmm. they're going to be the best ones to do that. Yes, correct. Mm -hmm. That's just that prayer, man, for the key people that we need to train and, and just make sure that we're sending. Because, I mean, obviously, it's not a work of, of one person, you know. I to, Just to talk about the 52 weeks of Mark Trotter, you mm -hmm. know, I, I was not the one that did all that work. It was somebody else. And, and you know, we work it out together, but I did pretty much none, you know. I was doing something else, but again, it was the, the investment on someone. Yeah. And, you know, so. It's a team effort. Correct, yeah. yeah. And that's what we're praying right now, man. There's more classes that we want to put in front in the next two years. So hopefully I can enable myself to do a little bit more too. That's my heart. But mm -hmm. uh, for now, I also have to work and, and praise God. But it's, that's our heart. That's the heart of MBT, yeah. the LFBI, just to translate more so then people can have more access and we can see more Latinos. Yeah. Absolutely. And people from all the nations, you know. Yeah, definitely. of course. Yeah. Of course. Will, man, I love your heart. Man. Thanks for being my friend. Oh, likewise, man. It's, no. it's so good. It's so good for me to have you in my life and yeah, getting to sit you. like this and talk yeah. is is good because I want people to know um, your heart for ministry. I want them to hear that, but uh, I also want them to get the the methods, the strategies necessary. The 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 I want them to be able to envision in their mind a little bit what it might look like to reach some key people in their town and their city, mm. so that that work. Um, towards the, you know, Spanish speakers can grow. Yeah, no, it's, you know, it's start praying, man. I think that's, uh, the, that, that's just the, 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 the first step, man. I, I think sometimes we want 
integrate something in our church and we're not praying. And I know for a fact this church was praying. Mm-hmm. Like I saw it across the like cross border, like can't uh, come in here. There was multiple people always, man. I have been praying for you. I have, been, and I'm like, how come you're praying for me if you don't even know me? Yeah, because mm-hmm. we have been praying for. That's one of the first steps, and and I think you know, just exposing the church to maybe someone, maybe is is a matter of us sending someone for like a week or something, but. Um, Praying, you know, for, for, you know, God changing the, the heart of the church, praying for that key man and just to start, you know, integrating even LFBI. You know, mm-hmm. I'm getting calls now from other churches that have Hispanics or Latinos. And I think that's a good way. Just, you know, praying and then start, you know, talking and just yeah. doing more, man. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Will, love you, dude. Yeah. Thank you for hanging out with me. Yeah. And we want to thank you for hanging out with us for this episode of the postscript. And if you are a Spanish speaker, maybe Spanish is your native language, it's your heart language, and you are looking to get training, or you know people who are looking to get training, and you can connect them to LFBI. Again, we are slowly developing this curriculum. Uh, We've started with the foundations courses, two and three. Uh, We refer to them as Fundaciones Dos and Tres. Mm And uh, how was that? Did that sound right? Oh, that's that was good? perfect, man. Okay, yeah. good. And um, that's where we started. We're also working towards translating Genesis and Romans a little at a time. And we want to invite people to join us for those classes. And, and, and we also want to invite those of you who are interested in supporting this work of translating the content you, you're hearing for the first time, that, that how onerous this work can actually be. Uh, if you're interested in helping, we want to invite you to support us uh, through prayer. Uh, if you've got if you've got the ability to translate, you can reach out to Pastor Will. Uh, but if you have the finances necessary and you're looking to give to a project like this, um, we want to invite you also to consider giving to LFBI. You can do that through LFBI.org. But with all that said, uh, we want to just challenge you one more time: reach people that aren't like you. In your neighborhood, in your community, in your school, in your workplace, reach people who don't look or or act uh, or behave the way you do. Places from all over the world, go and learn how to love people like that because that is the heart of Jesus Christ. We love you and we're grateful for the time you've spent with us today and we hope to see you again next week for another episode of The Postscript. God bless. Thanks for listening to The Postscript. If you enjoy the show, please leave us a rating and review in order to help other people find our podcast. If you value this show, please help us continue creating content by supporting Living Faith Bible Institute at lfbi.org support.